Bonjour, hi, I'm Pascal Auclair. I hope this talk supports you in your practice. J'espère que cet enseignement vous sera aidant. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed. Vous pouvez me soutenir en cliquant sur le bouton sous ma photo. Your support is greatly appreciated. Merci. I'd like um, to talk tonight about um, I think the way it comes to me is um, I'd like to talk about why I love this practice um, and maybe use my story to, to talk about this so the only reason for me to talk about my story or uh, why I love the practice is a kind of a, f a format that I'm using to talk about this practice, to, 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 to say what this practice is or can be. It just appears to me that it could be a good uh, way to, to, uh, to uh, pass on the, the information, the, the, the Dharma and that uh, framework. So I think uh, in a cup in next month maybe it'll be uh, 20 years that I uh, that I practice and um, and uh, I started practicing uh, just maybe a year or so I mean, yeah I think a year or so after I learned uh, I was HIV positive. So I was um, 25 years old, and uh, uh, like many other um, uh, gay men uh, and other people, but a lot of gay men uh, at that time and, and a lot before also and after. Uh, anyway, there was this news that came, and at that time there was no um, medication per se. There were medication, but they didn't work. It was just maybe a year or two years before uh, the cocktail therapy came in. And so it was a. Uh, I'm just saying all this t to say it was a period of really high, high stress and confusion, panic, inner panic, loss of references, loss of. Um, sense of understanding, less of identity, less of... Uh, everything was turned upside down in my... I thought I was old at that time, but <laughs> now that I look at it, it feels like I was pretty young to be dealing with uh, something that... Uh, that uh, stressful and debilitating, confusing. But it's uh, very interesting that the first uh, book that I read uh, about uh, this practice, the, the title is um, In the Lap of the Buddha. Maybe some of you have read it. From uh, Gavin Harrison, who's uh, written, uh, so written by um, a white, uh, cisgender, uh, gay man who uh, is dealing in the book, he's talking about this, dealing with HIV. 
And when I got the book, I actually didn't know. It was just the title seemed. I liked the ta- title, la- the lap of the Buddha. And uh, so that's my kind of entry into this practice was through uh, the stress of uh, suddenly living with a life-threatening illness and uh, the kind of first guide that it it took maybe 15 years before I actually happened to meet Gavin, but uh, it was the first person who helped me along on that uh, path. And in the book, he was telling the stories of being uh, intimidated and um, bullied. And uh, uh, anyway, it was uh, I could I could I could get grog, grog that dharma. Uh, although, yeah, in a way, I'm aware that. Um, being white, being a, a male, is, uh, you know, in the dominant gender, we could say, and, uh, and uh, being cisgender as a, comes with a lot of uh, levels of protection, if I can say it like this. Um, yeah. But anyway, there was a, it was a good um, hand to hold, you know, Gavin's hand to hold at that time <coughs> in my confusion. And uh, this uh, very simple practice of attending to the present moment and the way I understand it, understood it and still understand it, I think, through um, a lot through sensory awareness, being aware of uh, what's immediately happening at the sense doors. Uh, has been extremely powerful for me and I'm, try- I'm going to try to uh, explain how in, in and how in different ways that it's been uh, powerful. Also, uh, when I learned that uh, news and and was in the in that really high level of stress, I remember talking to one of my uh, drama teacher, who was also uh, in disguise a dharma teacher, uh, and uh, this teacher said to me, "You you can't." be in your mind, it's too dangerous in there, it's too hectic, it's too uh, crazy, if I can say that word, in there. You have to be in your body, you have to find ways to stay in your body. So that was the, the instruction from, from that person. And we have different paths in this Dharma. So this is, the, uh, this is going down one of the different streams, maybe we could say. And so for me, this was um, this was a tool also that came an early tool. There was the, the book from Gavin, and there was this teacher that said, suggested that it could be a good idea to stay. And the uh, what this teacher said was uh, uh, they described being uh, 
in the wartime at some point in, and being young and being also, they said, I think I can relate remembering this time of being um, in a war zone and uh, being very confused and not knowing how to. And uh, so this t teacher said, I, what I did is I started to look at um, different colors and, and recognize the colors that were there in the, f in the field, in my, in my environment. So I would pick a color and try to notice where it was, where else it was, you know, and to stay there because uh, in the mind that was too dangerous to go there, too, not a good uh, neighborhood, if you can say so, as one uh, American author says, I think. Is it uh, Natalie Goldberg, maybe? And so for me, it, uh, it, I didn't go through the colors. The way I did it was to uh, notice that uh, I was walking when I was walking, to really stay, trying to stay aware in the mind that was panicking about future, about uh, meaning, about val uh, worthlessness and ugliness of this, you know, it seems like the dominant culture had pushed a little bit their idea that I was ugly for being uh, homosexual. And now I was really extremely ugly by carrying a virus that could kill people, you know. And so my practice uh, became out of necessity, out of uh, survival, became to actually notice the stepping and notice the maybe what I talked about earlier today when walking, notice that the body was actually moving in space, you know, to get out of that vortexy uh, confusion and uh, fear. Fear, there was a lot of fear. I actually didn't even know that there was fear. That to me, it was confusion and stress. I think there was a high level of fear, but it took me years to actually recognize and be able to name fear. Um, I think that was not allowed in my culture for uh, my gender. That maybe that was at play that made it impossible for me to notice that it was there, very alive. And so this grounding in sensory awareness uh, I recognized also when I sat my first retreat, this is all around the same time. And the instructions was to put the attention close to the nostrils, uh, at the nostrils or the upper lip and stay there. And so to me that was a kind of a first refuge where I could actually put full attention somewhere and have a break from my mind, heart, being very much part of this. I could actually just stay there. It was like a fine line uh, on a rope uh, with the abyss just below, you know? And I really took it to heart to stay around here because there was nothing else that I could hang on to, you know? So I, st I stayed there and actually by staying there, um, as it can happen in practice, uh, the quality of uh, concentration can come in. The mind gets unified around one thing. There's a kind of concentration, of unification of mind that 
is um, one-pointed. It goes towards one object, a mantra or the breath. And by doing this, what started to happen was that for a little while, sometimes just a few seconds, sometimes for several minutes or longer, the doors would close close to the difficult emotions temporarily. That was not wisdom. That was uh, survival. And so the door would close to who am I, what will happen to me, uh, you know, everything else you can imagine. And so the do- these doors would close and it would get extremely quiet. And I would find some kind of a ground, some stability, some balance, and I could actually rest. It was a refuge for me. Uh, again, not wisdom, uh, just temporary refuge. And the mind would even uh, become glad. The mind would become gladdened, bright, brightish, or spacious maybe. There's another way to talk about it. And then at the end of the meditation, or suddenly, you know, the state would crumble and fear would get back in and all kinds of thoughts of anticipation of a painful death. But somehow it was, um, it was helpful to have these little pockets of safety from this own mind. Because during that time, what's interesting is that there, although there was um, no immune system left, it was, when I learned I was HIV positive, it was not good conditions. But the health was really good. There was no actually experience of, uh, I was not ill. I was carrying a virus that had destroyed the immune system, but there was no, uh, I felt really good in my body. The the thing that, the big problem I was facing was was a mind problem. It was a projection problem. It was uh, ideas. It was a losing identity. It was an inner life. I thought I was eternal and young forever. And uh, something like this, and this was shaken to the core. There was this very famous impermanence that we talk a lot in Buddhism was very much revealed to me in in a shocking way. Whatever you constructed as a, a self, enduring self, and like you thought youth was you, you thought that health was you, not so, my friend. That was very uh, so. The, the the stress was uh, was just about perceptions, the way I had perceived, wrongly perceived life, appropriating things that were not mine, that were conditional. And now the conditions had changed. And not knowing any of this, I was uh, extremely confused and lost. But um, hearing the instructions of my teachers, they invited me again and again to actually uh, 
pay attention to sensory awareness. So in a way, there was this concentration where the I would get uh, kind of isolated or absorbed in one little area of the mind, maybe of the heart, which felt safe. But there was also a balancing by uh, learning not to give so much attention and believe so much and be swept by and carried by and, and following and enamored even with the kind of vortexy spiraling down uh, power of the, these strong emotions. I learned to balance uh, that with hearing the sounds of the night, feeling the coldness, and in time it had an amazing effect, which it still has. You know, at the beginning maybe there was a, you know, something like, no, you don't understand, you know, we don't know what's coming, you d- forget, forget the fingers, forget the breeze, you know, you don't know, you don't, you, do you see something like this? And slowly, because of persistent invitation, to, yes, Pascal, it's very, very stressful, it is, but what else is happening? What else? There's this vortex, it's there, it's really wanting to suck all your energy and attention. What else is happening? And then suddenly there would be, I don't know, night owl. This is really happening. This is really there too. This is there, but it's something else is there. This is there. Coolness, setting, coming in with the night is really there also, is really there. I don't know if you can feel the balancing because I was all like, ah, going in that direction, thoughts ideas about the future, who am I, who will I be, etc., who could I have been, who should I have been, and touch of fingers on knees or thighs. This is true. This is happening. You know this uh, image of the Buddha where when you look very quickly, it looks like uh, the Buddha is sitting um, with their hands on their lap. But if you pay attention, you'll notice that one hand, many of you know that mudra, one hand is actually touching the ground, touching the earth. And to me, this is an image of the Buddha, maybe at the very second of awakening or... uh, seeing through the confusion of the mind and heart. And so what happens is the Buddha is sitting there, or the Buddha-to-be is sitting there, attacked by thoughts about self-worth or whatever else, future, all kinds of speculation, and cannot find a way out. Psychology, I was at the conference not long ago, and the They were saying that in research now they're finding that debating with one's thoughts, difficult thoughts, is is, uh, uh, 
making the distress level higher. And apparently, the Buddha got an intuition of that 2,600 years ago. And instead of uh, debating with the mind, no, I'm worth, you're worthless, no, I'm worth something, I must be, you know, whatever, you know, the Buddha reaches to the ground and comes to something extremely simple. That's one interpretation of this. Something very direct. What's going to happen to me is unknown, but touch is happening now. And so to me, when we give these instructions in the walking or in the sitting of pe- uh, being with breath, being with steps, feeling hands tingling or touching, to me we're talking about something vital. It's not just a little technique. To me it's life-saving. It's awakening. It's liberating. Because of its, uh, the power of, to balance things, when the mind is giving tr- truth and giving reality to blips, images, impressions, strong one, I will give that to us, you know, to actually come back to something uh, very, very immediate. So a balancing effect. And that in time also, the beautiful qualities of mind gets developed. And we've already talked about this since we arrived here, but uh, I'll name a few of these uh, qualities that come in the wake of doing this sensory awareness uh, practice of presence to what's happening now in the body at the sense doors. Uh, So by doing this, we're pacifying the mind, stabilizing the mind, we're also bringing in a very, very powerful quality of mind, a factor of mind or heart. We can use that synonymously. Uh, that uh, Anushka talked about this factor of curiosity, engagement, coming closer, being curious about what's happening. In our life, we're often uh, either taken, occupied by stories, or we have a superficial attention, an attention that uh, allows us to complete tasks in an okay way, you know? But the attention given is not, we couldn't describe it as generous, as full, as uh, um, embracing or intimate, you know? And so by bringing this kind of attention uh, that we're developing here, an an attention, that is more full, uh, uh, more complete. What will happen in time is that what we give attention to will start to stand out in a way and will make the mind curious, engaged, energized. Hold on. Because if I'm like, yeah, breathing, breathing, yeah, I know, I've been breathing for a few decades now, you know? You know, there's no hold, there's no foothold, there's no... But if we actually pay attention, even though it seems a little neutral and a little boring, we pay attention. At some point in time, when the mind, the attention refines a little bit or settles or has a little duration, instead of being all over the place like it might be, I've been today, 
when it starts to stay, at some point something will stand out. S- there'll be just like maybe an in-breath and for the first time thinking like, oh my God, stuck with attention to the breath forever. Like, I didn't even imagine that kind of hell. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but at some point, just by applying gentle, as generous as is possible right now, attention, at some point, maybe on an in-breath, it will appear somewhat pleasant or refreshing or a little surprising or something. Oh, it was jumpy or chaotic or something will stand out. It will not be just a breath, but it will be this in-breath. Something unique about it will show because of a careful attention being given and something will kick in and it might happen you might have felt this already in the walking you might be walking 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 and because there's this value given to fullness of presence at some point you might just start again and say can i feel that feel? and then ah softness when the feet land or just presence, being there, not half there, but there. There's something about it. It just felt full, full for a moment. And the energy will start kicking in. Like, oh, hold on, hold on, there's something going on. I couldn't notice because I was too scattered and all over the place, but I just felt something. It was <laughs> just another step. But no, it was this step. Or it might be when you reach the end and you turn. You might turn to be on the other side, like we often do. We do things so they're done. But maybe there'll be like a little bit of mindfulness that will slip in as you turn. And suddenly they will be like, oh, turning, turning. How, in- how interesting. As if it was new. Wow. As if I had never turned before. How interesting. This is one of the doors uh, that opens to becoming energized. This quality that will follow in the wake of mindfulness in time will become investigation or curiosity or joy, joyful curiosity or enthusiasm. And people who have practiced for a while know this. They know what it's like to be sitting and feeling and feeling engaged by feeling curious by just, I don't know, right now it could be just the luminosity, the brightness in the room. There's this particular luminosity. It's not that luminosity. It's not that luminosity. It's this one. And if we pay a little attention, suddenly it's like, wow, the light is exactly like this now. How interesting. And at another time during the day, it was a different light. The whole day, it was different lighting. But we might not notice this in superficial attention. It's just a room. We've been spending the whole day in this room doing nothing. you know. But the more we slow down and pay attention, suddenly we ah, the room feel, feels like this tonight. It's like that. As we're sitting, or as Anushka's 
speaking or as Pascal speaking, there's things happening, it's alive. Yeah. So we get to touch that. So many qualities developed. I talked a little bit today about uh, compassion, how compassion can be born out of uh, being present. Because for me, you'll see for yourself if that works, but for me, being attentive to, could be sounds, hearing, or sight, being aware that I'm seeing, or being aware that I'm breathing, or of any other experiences of touch, What it gives me access to in time, sometimes it's just a few seconds these days. As soon as I tune in sensory awareness, something happening at the sense door. Breath, in, breath coming in and out. Suddenly I discover the quality of the meditator, of this being sitting there. So it's a doorway. The attention to the breath, the attention to the hands, gives me access to the quality of mind or heart that is there. By paying attention to the hands, I discover a scattered mind or a gathered mind or a benevolent, friendly mind or a grumpy mind. So it's a doorway to the, the heart, to the inner life. And when I do this here, I can learn to attend. Oh, Pascal is, is grumpy. So I can, some, somehow I'm touched, it's touching. Oh, this being is like not getting frustrated, not getting what they want. Oh, that's hard to be Pascal right now. Oh, Pascal's uncomfortable, doesn't like that. Oh, that's not easy being that. And when I notice uh, ease, maybe, or spaciousness, or friendliness, then naturally I can rejoice. Joy comes. Oh, easy to be in this being just now. It's been a hard day, but just now it's pretty quiet in there. So I can appreciate this. So joy becomes available, compassion becomes available. There's another thing, I, and I don't know if I managed to speak well of it, but to me it's, uh, it's extremely essential these days. It's something that um, touches me. It's very alive in my practice these days. Is Again, through sensory awareness. So let's say just sitting here, just becoming aware that uh, hearing is happening. You know, hearing some vibration from there. So not so much the attention to the sound itself, but becoming aware that hearing is happening. Do you follow me? So it's not the attention to sound, it's the attention to the sense, the sensitivity. By becoming attentive, aware that hearing is happening, what it does for me is it reveals being. It reveals that there's being happening. Through hearing, I discover that there's a being. I use it almost as a verb. There's a, 
there's a being happening that is as sensitivity to hearing. Or using, these are the instructions of the Buddha. Being aware, when you're sitting, know you're sitting. When you're walking, know you're walking. So just becoming aware of sitting. There's this becoming aware that there's beingness happening. Being is happening. In my life, I bypass this completely. I'm busy becoming something, or acquiring something, or finishing something, or getting somewhere. All day I'm busy doing this. But when I come on the cushion at home, or when I teach a class, or when I come here on retreat, suddenly I discover something else. It's a whole other field. I'm not resolving problems. I'm not getting things done. I'm discovering that there's being happening here. I don't know if I can share this in some ways, but there's something so special happening that I don't notice all day, is that there's some, some kind of intelligence, some kind of sensitivity, something is alive, there's life, there's aliveness, there's vibrancy, this being resonates. It is touched by temperature. It's touched by thoughts that lens in the mind. It's not so, I'm not taken so much by the thought themselves. <gasps> oh my God, I forgot to call this person. I have to do this. How can I manage that next year? And it's coming and whatever. I'm just aware that there's a being here that is impacted by impressions and thoughts. And the other stimulations. I find this incredible that there's this being, because I don't know, I give a lot of value maybe to the culture maybe has made me put this in me, that a lot of value to maybe looking or acquiring or being productive or all kinds of strange things while there's being happening and this is completely missed but there's this thing happening I actually want to be aware of that and to me just this has so much power of healing because I can evaluate myself on how well I do this or not or how well I responded to this or at any level efficiency, ethics, any level. But there's so much value to this beingness, I find. I find incredible that it's happening at all. Especially that actually I don't know how long it's going to happen. I have no idea, but it is happening now. I actually want to slow down, to get acquainted with that, to to come closer, to, to discover that. Maybe I'll finish with uh, something, another point, there was a few more, but... using the same 
technique of paying attention to what's happening now, I gain access to the heart, I gain access to being or consciousness, being a conscious being. But I also gain access to, through the calm that is developed, through the clarity that comes, through the steadiness that is there, through the deeper listening, I gain access to intuition, to clarity that is... uh, that is uh, that is uh, yeah it's deep it's deep in there could call it uh, inner ethics or integrity so my values the things i values uh, they spring from inside they are they're they're revealed I c- they and clearly more and more clearly, oh, this is not what I value, what this, I don't know, heterocentric dominant group is suggesting, or this even uh, homonormative mm-hmm. value is not mine, it's not mine. Or this, however you want to put it, you know, this all these norms and values and perceptions and expectations and all this that we're navigating all day by bringing a little silence and listening just to sound and the night and the light and the breath. It's kind of slowly clears the path. So the confusion goes a little bit away and suddenly starts to become more clear what I really do value, what counts for me. And so in that I've found over the years that I've gained a lot of confidence. Like I know I've, I've cleared that. It gets shaken, you know, but if I sit and I pay attention, it gets cleared. Uh, it can get cleared in some aspects really I don't know if it's fast or maybe it's not that fast, but it gets clear. And I know, I know what has value. I know what is uh, true for me. Although society or a group, certain group might present things otherwise, (coughs) I start to know for myself And so I start with being in my, all my ideas and the received ideas from all kinds of places, you know. And so I'm all in these things and assumptions and expectations and ideas and beliefs, you know, and I'm all like lost and all this, you know. And I pay attention to the senses. And so I dive under all these assumptions and through uh, attention to the breath, I discover the heart, I discover the inner field, the inner landscape, and I attend to that. And I ground myself with the hands 
and through the hands I discover uh, what's alive there. And suddenly I don't have to debate for hours about this or that. It just, of course I'm going to do this. Of course I'm not going to do this. Of course I'm going to put energy into this. And of course I'm not going to keep this going. You know, it gets, it opens up like that. And I also, and it's very liberating, we've talked about this today, but also through, in this, in this way, with this quality of attention that gets more and more stable and has more and more duration and quality, things start to appear and disappear. So I'm there for their appearance. I'm not fooled, I'm not caught. I see them arise, emotions, thoughts, sensations. I see their absence and then their appearance, their life and their disappearance. It's very liberating to actually be there for the wave of an emotion, seeing it arise and collapse or merge or transform. To see a thought and not actually grab it as truth and follow it and debate with it, but see it arise and see it pass. And to actually be there when it gets really uh, intense in the leg, see how the intensity intensifies. And maybe with the sound of the bell or when I stand up, suddenly actually stay enough to see it collapse and be deeply touched by the coming and going nature of things, how I appear. You know, there's just sitting and breathing and suddenly I have an opinion that it should finish now, you know. And I see even I appear or I'm walking slowly and there's just walking and the coldness of the day and then as I turn, I see somebody, suddenly I appear. What do I look like? I'm I doing this right. You know? And now, wow, I just saw I appear. And, you know, and if I stay with it, I'll see it disappear. I will disappear and then they'll be just walking again. You know? In the food line, being attentive, I'll see the self-righteousness appear or the shame appear. You can't even serve soup without dropping anything. You worthless being, you know, I'll see that construction appear, get all caught in it, and I'll see it vanish, maybe hopefully in tenderness. So now I live with uh, HIV, I'm HIV positive only sometimes. I don't know what the test would say, but from my experience, from human, a human being experience, I'm not always HIV positive. I don't have to carry this all the time. Sometimes it appears when I take my pills, when I talk to this person or that person, when there's this situation, but I'm not 
always HIV positive. When I thought I was, it was too heavy to carry. But now I've paid enough attention to see that it arises and pass. It's not always in my mind, it's not always in my consciousness. It comes and goes, it's light. These days it is. You know? And so are all my other identities, by the way. They come and they go. And I want to be conscious of them when they're in operation, you know. In some ways, you know, I really want to know. And then they can vanish here and there. I can have more fluidity in my being. Anyway, that's a few words on practice. I, I do hope there was something in there that can do something, inspire, clarify, or help along, or at least entertain for a few minutes. Let's sit. Well, we're already sitting. <laughs> so let's breathe. Uh, we're already breathing. <laughs> Let's just notice what's uh, there and alive. May the practice uh, we do uh, help the heart and mind become uh, clear and fluid, flexible, so that it can, uh, so that we can respond uh, creatively to life uh, situations and challenges, so that we can. Uh, have access to more inner freedom and also create uh, safety and freedom and protection around us. Okay, thank you so much for your consideration. Thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.